You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. 3CR and Stick Together would like to acknowledge the Kulin Nation, the true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land that we're broadcasting from today. We'd like to recognise that we live and work on stolen land, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. And I'd like to pay my respect to the elders from the Kulin Nation, both past and present, and also to recognise any other Aboriginal people that might be listening to the show today and leaders from other communities. Thank you for listening to the show again. My name's James Brennan and this is Stick Together. Stick Together is produced in Melbourne for 3CR and the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Radio Foundation. And I'd like to thank all of those organisations for their support and guidance to help us to produce this show each week. And I would also like to shout out to the other presenters for the amazing shows that they put on uh, each week. And Stick Together is a show that focuses on uh, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. And on this week's show, I'm speaking with the chairperson from IPAN, uh, Annette. And IPAN is an independent Peaceful Australia network. It's been operating for quite a few years now. And one of the key parts of uh, IPAN's operations is a national conference that is held um, each year. Obviously been some disruptions over the past couple of years, but to be able to take peace activists, anti-war activists uh, from across the country and and often from across the world as well, to gather in different parts of of Australia and to raise some of the issues that are happening around the uh, military military issues across the country and to uh, try to get the word out about some of the issues that are happening is a really important contribution to peace movement. So yeah, we're going to get to that interview just now. Welcome everybody to Stick Together and um, we're joined today by Annette Brownlee, the chairperson for IPAN, Independent Peaceful Australia Network. Annette, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thanks very much for the invitation, James, and to 3CR for being there and running these programs so important yeah and i think um equally it's important to continue to have the kind of educational and organizing opportunities that the ipan conference um you know presents to peace activists and um, other campaigners each year and you know it's coming up quite soon is the the next national conference tell us about um how the kind of ideas around you know what's brought this conference out and it well you know due to covid we haven't actually had a conference since 2019 in darwin the value of face-to-face gatherings the energy that comes out the creativity of people being in the same space and interacting um at that in that environment is not to be underestimated we're all very familiar with Zoom and webinars and I, I actually get the feeling that people are getting a bit sick of webinars um, mm. because they are very impersonal. Um, since Darwin, we've seen um, uh, quite significant developments. Uh, I guess you could say uh, one of those, one of those most significant developments is the announcement by the last government of AUKUS, um, which is just another 
not up on the militarisation of Australia. You know, we've seen that going on since uh, Barack Obama and Julia Gillard um, uh, with lots of smiles between each other. And now the uh, Pacific pivot and the fact that we were going to host um, 2,500 American Marines here on a rotational basis. But, you know, that was just kind of the first step. And AUKUS is just another leap forward, including the... uh, um, ambition to uh, to acquire nuclear-propelled submarines. That's kind of got all the limelight, um, but behind that limelight are, are more sinister developments, in fact, with the um, militarisation of uh, the Northern Territory, as we know, in the last couple of weeks, the announcement about those uh, Americans are prepared to spend money to have a, uh, a base, an air base for B-52s, but it won't just be B-52s. There'll be other American um, Air Force um, planes using that facility as well. Uh, the establishment of a massive um, uh, jet fuel uh, storage facility on East Arm in Darwin, um, you know, put the two and two together, b 52 and other offensive aircraft, plus the fuel that they need to uh, engage in um, in, in uh, their activities, <laughs> sinister activities in the region in which we live. So, you know, there's been quite a lot of new developments in the last three years since um, Darwin, and uh, they're incremental. Uh, they're couched in um, such a way that the majority of Australians just kind of um, listen, they hear, they move on. However, on the positive side, I think there has been a more significant raising of awareness and we see that in the sorts of um, publications that are out, publications like Emma Shortis's book, uh, Our Exceptional Friend, um, gaining some coverage, um, the Pearls and Irritations articles that are from quite a diverse uh, group of uh, people with ex- expertise. Um, and, you know, the trend is that there are more people speaking out about the this rising militarism in Australia and where the danger that it presents, not only to us, but the danger of war in our region. Yeah, I think Emma's book is a, a really great contribution to um, challenging, you know, I guess something that IPAN have spoken a lot about is Australia's um, particularly military relationship with the US and, um, and that alliance. And it's something that has, like you mentioned, really uh, gone up quite a lot of... Um, in terms of the expectation, you know, the more troops, um, you know, the bases and all of that through AUKUS. And unfortunately, even though it was by the previous government, it seems like, um, you know, there's going to be no change under the Labor government in terms of supporting that. Uh, how do we, you know, what are the, what do you imagine some of the conversations are going to be like at the conference to, um, you know, not necessarily convince those people? Because I think people coming along are probably, um, you know, on the same page in a lot of this kind of thing. But how do we take that message then to the next person, to our friends and family and and other comrades to say, hey, this is something that's not just out there. It's something at home as well. And how do we have those conversations? Yeah, good question, James. And I think really the reason that we decided to hold the conference in Canberra at this time was uh, in relation to the IPAN inquiry, uh, the People's Inquiry into the questioning Australia's engagement in US-led wars really since the last World War uh, and and questioning uh, our involvement in the alliance with the United States. So we've worked on that inquiry intensively over 2021 uh, and this year in 2022 we have spent a lot of time uh, refining uh, the the um, 
the synopsis is that the various eight community experts have written up on the basis of the 300 submissions that were received to that inquiry, submissions that were received from a very diverse um, range of people in our community. So we um, finally got to the point where we were ready to have it uh, officially launched, which we will be doing in Canberra next week, uh, and the uh, report itself will be widely disseminated. So one of the reasons um, to have the, uh, that is one of the reasons to have the conference at this time, um, and it will be a significant focus within the conference. The other reason uh, to to just bring people together really is what I said before, the face-to-face, the the energy that comes from getting a very diverse range of people to come and speak to the conference. Um, So, you know, it opens with a public meeting on the Tuesday night uh, and uh, Emma Shortis, David Brophy, Richard Brunowski will speak. And just prior to the uh, speaking on the night, uh, David Bradbury, the uh, quite acclaimed frontline filmmaker, will um, launch or release uh, a half-hour documentary that he has been working on uh, on AUKUS and the results of that um, um, pack and what it might mean. It includes uh, interviews that he did, one-on-one interviews with Hugh White, Sue Wareham, Brian Tui. I've seen little bits and pieces of it and it's um, it's going to be quite an, an important little documentary to get out there widely, again, to raise awareness. Um, so the, the actual full day of the conference on Wednesday, the 23rd, we'll see those same people participating and speaking, uh, but we'll also include Dave, uh, Richard Tanter, uh, uh, Vince Scapatura, uh, Alison Bronowski. Uh, there'll be a, a pretty significant component. One of the sessions at the conference will focus heavily on the inquiry report and how we put it to good use. Now, this is this is really what we will be spending quite a bit of time on uh, in, in realising the value of not only the process of the interaction uh, that was necessary to get the submissions, but how we communicate that, how we use it to open doors, to speak to people in those eight areas, you know, social and um social area that uh, a social and community area, um, foreign policy, war and defence, the economic implications, the environmental implications, the implications for working people and First Nations peoples and uh, democracy and human rights, uh, legal rights that we're seeing so abused over recent times as we all are aware of what happened with... um, Witness K, Witness J, um, and so on, Bernard Cleary. You know, we've we've really slipped down the ladder of democratic mm. rights in this country. Um, so, you know, those those two events, the public meeting and the conference, will be pretty intense in the sense of what what will be shared, but what will be discussed as part of those four sessions. And um, our aim, of course is to see the energy levels rise and for us to have discussions about how we can be more effective in our outreach and engaging with the broader community. Um, We're very fortunate to have Peter Cronow, our journalist, who did work on Four Corners until he left the ABC 
uh, a couple of years ago, Margaret Reynolds, who was the president of Friends of the ABC, um, Mary Kostakidis, ex-journalist for SBS. You know, these are people who've, who haven't been involved up until now mm. and uh, we're looking forward to, um, to the opportunities that come from involving those people in the conference. I think, um, you know, obviously a lot of the scope of, of um, social change and activism at the moment is quite heavily focused on the climate and, you know, with, with good reason, obviously. But, um, you know, I think probably a part of that discussion that's missing is the impact that militarism has on, on climate change as well. When I know one of the sessions on Wednesday is about um, collaborative activism for peace and climate. I think that's a really great discussion to be having. And, um, you know, if there are people that, and you know, maybe not able to get to camera, that they're going to be able to join um, online through social media channels and things as well that, you know, to find out about some of the discussions in that and, and I'm sure, you know, potentially contribute their own thoughts on, on how those kind of mm-hmm. two movements can work collaboratively together. Absolutely. Um, that That's a, a great um aim really uh, for us is to, to you know to, to to make the connections to see the interconnectedness between these issues and again I come back to the uh, inquiry where we did identify those eight areas across the board our involvement in US-led wars our participation in war preparedness has such diverse impacts on every Australian's everyday life you know whether it's the fact that we uh, don't fund um, the transition away from fossil fuel sufficiently or um, our mental health programs just aren't funded properly or that you know the, the 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 propaganda and the narrative that we're fed is actually um, interfering with with uh, people's knowledge to the point where they can be sucked into believing are justified in talking about a war with China you know mm. it's 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 an incredible sell that's been going on with the propaganda that we've all been exposed to over the last five years. And I did an interview with um, Steve Austin on Brisbane ABC and I said to him, he said, well, you know, China, China's breaking international law. And I said to him, well, sure, the, 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 the instance where you could say, well, they have broken international law is the law of the sea when that went through the appropriate channels and the you know, the uh, judgment was that China really didn't have uh, legal right to those islands in the South China Sea. Um, but as far as I know, that is the only um, instance where China has, in fact, broken any international laws. And, you know, the uh, Steve Austin got back to me and he says, oh, because I, I asked him, I said, can you think of another one? Any other example of China breaking international law? And, Oh, he said, no, 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 I can't think of anything else, but I'll look into it, you know, and, and then you, can, you you compare that to the, <laughs> you know, the abuse of international law that's happened uh, over the last 70 years by the United States and their interference in other countries' affairs. And it's, you know, the, the list is long and, you know, that just doesn't come up in the uh, everyday public discourse, does it? Mm. Mm. No, and I guess, you know, we're, it's interesting, um, you know, seeing what's on at the conference and that there's not a session, I'm not, not saying there should be, but it's interesting in the context, there's nothing on the kind of Ukraine and, and the issue there. But, um, you know, I think even that within itself, you know, that there's 
talk of um, Australia potentially sending troops over there. And and obviously we've already sent military support, um, you know, which I think could easily be argued is is essentially a proxy war anyway between, um, you know, US and its allies sort of against Russia and kind of China as well. And um, I feel like, you know, that's a really scary, not just, I mean, obviously feel for people of Ukraine and, and people in Russia as well, who, um, you know, that's the people that suffer when countries decide to go to war. But how many more of these are we going to see in the near future when that kind of idealism and um, rhetoric about China and Russia is so entrenched in in Australia, in the media and in the US and other places that, you know, there's certainly scope for more of those kind of wars to pop up um, while the big powers are sort of um, working out who's going to take those next steps. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's a very, um, you know, the 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 narrative around the uh, Ukraine situation has been so one-sided. <laughs> Again, people don't know the backdrop to the war starting or the invasion by Russia, which I absolutely um, oppose. You know, I think it was a huge error on Russia's part to invade uh, Ukraine. And obviously none of us know the intricate details, but I do know the backdrop to it, and it goes back a long way uh, to 2013, really. But most everyday Australians have no knowledge of that build-up to the war. So, no, we haven't. uh, It probably will be and could be included in the first session, which is, you know, quite contextual, really, Um, and uh, that that will be interesting to hear what uh, David Brophy and Emma had to say in that first session, along with Richard uh, Bronowski, who's, you know, he's a very keen intellect with a, a very interesting exper- life experience as a, an ambassador and diplomat. So, yeah, I'm sure, you know, Ukraine's probably going to be part, enter into that conversation and there's nothing wrong with that. We would, you know, sort of we would welcome all participation in the discussion. I think one of the great things about um, the IPAN conferences, and I know, like you said, it hasn't been uh, able to happen over the last couple of years, but um, being able to move around to different areas of the country, you know, I think um, really opens it up for for different people to be able to participate and you know perhaps people to get to travel along to be a part of um the you know the activism and life of that city and, and that that state or territory for a period of time can you tell us a bit about like how does that process come about of um how's the city chosen and uh, i know like mentioned about um the inquiry report sort of having influence over this one in terms of um canberra um but is that kind of part of the idea of moving to different cities and being able to experience that oh yeah it definitely is um obviously our first conference was in canberra in 2014 and we chose canberra as the heart of uh, the country's political establishment the 2015 conference we decided to hold it in Brisbane because that was a year of talisman saber happening in one of the big military exercises happening in central Queensland 2016 we um, we we went to Alice Springs because it was the um, 60th anniversary of the is it the 60th or the 50th I can't remember now Uh, of the signing of the agreement to set up Pine Gap. So that was why we chose Alice Springs in 16. And then 17, we went to Melbourne because we hadn't been to Melbourne. And again, Melbourne is a a 
you know, it's an important city with a lot of people and some, you know, good tradition of activism there. Uh, and uh, so after that, it, we we went to, um, so we, we after um, Melbourne, it was, I think it was Darwin, the next one. So we would like to think that we would have had the opportunity to have conferences and interact with uh, uh, the lo- local people Um I hope that we will do that in Sydney at some stage. It would be great to think we might do one in Perth, uh, given the um, you know the infiltration of uh, militarism and uh, from a naval perspective um, happening there. But yeah, we'll see how we go this year in Canberra. Well, South Australia has really started to position itself as um, the defence state. I mean, in- initially even calling them selves a defence state. And I know with the Avalon um, air show coming up in just outside of Melbourne early next year, a number of the uh, sessions there that people from um, the South Australian government are speaking about their desire to create more of a defence state there. Seems like an Adelaide conference would be a pretty good target at some stage. And, you know, what I mean, you spoke at the start about the kind of militarization of Australia, and I, I guess you know that's really from a, um, a national government kind of perspective. But you know that idea of states really going into that, um, becoming so intertwined in the defence and militarism, is quite scary. I think it certainly is, and it's it's pretty much happening everywhere. I know in Queensland where I live, you know the Queensland government has been subsidising the establishment of. Uh, many, many uh, military manufacturing hubs and, you know, they salivate over it, they gloat over it, you know, as if this is something wonderful that they're doing for the people of Queensland and it's so, so not. So, you know, there there is an incredible hold uh, that the military industries but also their lackeys, either in government or those that have been in government and gone through the revolving door from government ministers through to the weapons industry industries um you know that they have a very sophisticated cell that they use to influence um you know politicians and they attempt to sell it on to the community and we had the big sort of disrupt land forces uh, activism happening here in brisbane um just recently and uh, you know it's it's just so important that we do let people know by whatever means really uh the the extent of this uh encroachment into our political system into schools and sucking up community funds public funds but worst of all i think it's just normalizing um the military and normalizing this idea that you know, you might go to war with china i mean it's mm. just similar to the kind of jobs around the coal industry or other destructive environmental aspects it's it's not just that any job is a, a good job i think that you know we we should be making the same kind of arguments around the militarization as we do around you know some of those uh, industries as well uh, yeah. so just for everyone you know the ipan conference is taking place in canberra from the 22nd to 24th of november so if you're listening to this uh this week then um that will be the next week that that's happening um but if yeah if you're not able to get to canberra then there will be um you know follow ipan on our social media and look at through the website you'll be able to find the links to join for any of the sessions, uh, particularly, I guess, if you want to join to the public meeting or, or any of the other uh, panels that are happening. There's also looks like there's going to be some great events throughout the um, conference as well, looking at some of the military industrial 
complex offices and um, yep. sure that people will organize a few little actions that um, yep. while they're up there as well. Yes, we certainly will. So um, three pretty full on days, but um, I hope um, last minute um, registrations are very welcome. We will this week be um, developing the links where people can register to join on Zoom and there will be live streaming on Facebook as well throughout those uh, three days event. Yeah, all are welcome. And the other, I guess my last sort of important thing to communicate is with the inquiry report now complete and at the printers uh, in 2023, we will be looking to have a systematic rollout of that inquiry report. We will be looking for individuals and groups to come on board to take copies to um, organise face-to-face meetings with politicians, with community leaders, with union leaders, to get it out there in the community uh, because, you know, awareness is, the, is, the, is what's really the grass, the ground really on which we build uh, the movement. People have to know what's, what's actually happening and um, to have resources at hand to be able to talk to others and to build this community opposition to to war and and for a more genuinely secure Australia you know one that actually does it does our best to reduce the impacts of climate change and does our best to meet the health challenges and the educational needs for our our community and does our best to work with our neighboring countries peoples uh because cooperation is what it's all about. If we're to, you know, to survive and have a better future for men and women kind, we have to work together on that. Well, I think that's a great message to uh, leave us with, and perhaps we can chat again when we um, see the re- release of that report. Yeah, love to, James. Um, yeah, early next year would be great. Actually. Yeah, thanks a lot, Annette. Appreciate Good it. on you. Thanks so much, James. Thank you. Yeah. That was Annette Brownlee, the chairperson from IPAN. Thanks a lot for joining us, Annette. And if you'd like to find out more about the IPAN conference or to get along or to tune in, have a look at the IPAN website or you can find it on any social media websites. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. I've been your host, James Brennan. Make sure you tune in to next week's show. And if you'd like to catch up on any of our uh, previous episodes, you can check out the 3CR website or listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next time. And before we finish up, I'm going to uh, leave you with a song. This song is a new track called Change from King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. And, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.